0: Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Frank Carraway. And Lisa
1: Case. What's up guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC Flyweight.
0: Hi, this is Greg
2: Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? MMA Amazing. Radio.
1: Welcome to It's M-Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law. With me as always, DJ Mark. What's up? Also joining us this week, the legend himself, Lavender Gooms.
0: Hey, yay, yeah, hey, yay. Yeah. Welcome one, welcome all. I wish you all a happy International Town Crier's Day.
2: <laughs> all
1: right. That was to go, defi- That was definitely worth it. That he was, leaned into that. that was bit hard. hard. <laughs> we absolutely. did not know what he was doing. <laughs> Just watching Mike back away from the mic, I'm watching Mike back away from the microphone, <laughs> thinking this is a well thought out plan for sure, for sure. Um, all right, boys and girls, you know, come here a lot of times talking about some stuff in this sport that's not so pleasant, not so interesting. This past Saturday is why we put up with this crap. Because that was the best card the UFC's put on this year. Containing the best fight the UFC put on this year. You know it was a good fucking card, Mark, when Jalen Turner and Dan Hooker go home with no bonuses. When they put also put on
2: a up. fucking
1: <laughs> fight of the year contender themselves. So, we're going to talk about all of it, folks. We're going to talk about um, Alex Volkanovsky proving, in my opinion at least, man's the best fighter in the world um we're approaching featherweight more immortality with him as he gets more and more defenses um gonna talk about where he goes from here what's going on at 155 probably related to him what's going on at 135 next month in boston uh we'll talk about all that how it relates to volk my man put out a video where he was making he made tacos you know, I was on his cooking yes. channel. And the top comment was, my man's also going to be cooking a Mexican this weekend. God damn he did. <laughs> God damn he did. Um, we're going to talk about the co-main event where, man, I fucking love flyweights, man. I love flyweights. And you know what? The fact that the belt gets moved around a bunch, maybe it's not good for everybody. But you put on those two, you put on these two dudes, you pull the fucking string back on these dudes and they just go for 25 minutes. Couple of goddamn savages in Brandon Moreno and Alejandro Pontoja. Love that fight. We'll talk about that. And what's next for two for two guys? One of them's got a bunch of broken stuff on him. We don't know about the new champion though. Um, then we're gonna talk about Dracis de Plessis, who quite frankly blew my goddamn mind when he knocked out Bobby Knuckles. Um, I can I was wearing my Bobby Knuckles T-shirt. Can't wear that T-shirt anymore. There's no wins no in money. that t-shirt. Okay, zero wins. Um, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about Izzy Adesanya's reaction when he got in the cage. and Something this podcast has warned people about for, I want to say, six months. About if this man gets to Izzy, the fight buildup is going to be horrible. And it, thankfully, it's going to be only two months to talk about that. We're going to talk about the aforementioned Turner and Hooker fight. We're going to talk about Bo Nickel knocking out a man who appeared to be 50% fire hydrant. You see the body shape on that young man. Real, real hydrant shape. We're going to talk about Bobby, Robbie Lawler making me cry. UFC and Robbie Lawler making me cry. Talk about a rough night for Mexican MMA. But for Mr. Aguilar, who we got some Nate Quarry, Rich Franklin type knockout right there in that one, Marcus. Man just tipped over. Mm -hmm. Excellent one hitter, quitter. Excellent night of fights. A $10 million gate for the UFC. Amazing shit. We're going to get into it. Let's get it. Let's start off, though. Mark, Alex Mm -hmm. Volkanovsky is real good at this fighting thing, man. Real, real fucking good. Never in doubt. Took care of business. Got some good stuff from Yair in the third round, but Alex felt like in the third round, after Yair got some good stuff off, Alex was just like, I think we're done here. I'd like to go home. And then shortly after, it was over. What did we see from Alexander the Great this past Saturday Mm -hmm. night?
2: Yeah, I mean a really good performance, and it, I think what was in, most interesting was in the third round, where we saw him struggle for a little bit to kind of figure out the the main puzzle of Yair. And in, in the first two rounds, he didn't really have to contest with that. You know, um, early on, he was able to take Yair down. That was you know a strategy that seemed sound because uh, his top game is just. I mean, it's it's not just that he has good control, and he was able to get Yair against the cage. Like his ground and pound is is of the highest level in the sport overall. Like he is really good. We saw it against Islam as well. Like when he gets on top of you, he really puts in work and does a good job, you know, scoring punches and scoring damage. Right. And we've talked about how the criteria of the UFC has changed from, you know, control used to be a prime way to win around, you know, if you got someone down and we we're able to just control the round, you would win the round. And, and that criteria has changed and now damage is key. And he's evolved that, right? Like he, and I, I think he always has been, but, uh, he does a lot of damage on top, and he was doing a good job grounding Yair. Um, and it seemed like that that could easily have been the course for the rest of the fight. You know, He was able to, to find his moments to take him down and would completely dominate. Um, but interesting enough, in the third round, Yair was able to keep the distance and was able to utilize his strengths, right? His angles, his foot movement, his kicks. And it did seem like for a while, Alexander was struggling a little bit to find his entrances, which is something that he's really good at. Uh, but he made the adjustment he you know when you break down a lot of the combinations that Yair was throwing he liked to end a lot of his combinations with this right high kick and you know Alexander was able to call that read and basically did a it did a switch stance and something that he was doing to negate some of the kicks too is he was switching stances from the outside to give Yair different targets to make him kind of rethink how he was going to angle his kicks. And, you know, when he threw a combination, he pivoted, went to southpaw, and then threw a lead right hook off of that right uh, high kick, which Ayer didn't see coming. He, I mean, to Ayer's credit, who has a solid chin. We've seen him fight in the Emirate fight and some other fights. He can really take a punch. He took a good headbutt early in this fight as well. He took that right straight. You know, it didn't crumble him. But Alex almost the finishing sequence is like something you'd see them do at the gym. The way he threw punches to the body, to the head, to the takedown, getting into mount and just constantly ground and pounding is like one of those sequences when like the guys are finishing, you know, a five round, you know, training camp. And it's like, okay, now you're, you're going in. This is like you finishing the fight. And this was like a combination that like everything just flowed. He was just on top of it. And yeah, I mean, Alexander has at this point already proven himself to be, you know, the best featherweight. I, I, there's always arguments you can make about what Jose Alde did, Aldo did. But I think for me personally, him going up to 55, not even beating Islam, but having such a close fight and a lot of, you know, turning at the end of that fight to to win the fifth round, I think really, you know, showed his high aptitude um, at combat sports and then his continued domination at 145. And he did make this fight look easy. He gave Yair a lot of credit for, you know, how dangerous he is. But at the end of the day, he struggled a little bit. There are some things that Alexander still doesn't do super well. He doesn't defend against high kicks particularly well. um, He's been dropped a few times,
1: man. Like I was the thing. we talked about it going. I told you, like, I mean, like, a fight went out the way it is, and I think you, we were all on the same page here, where the line was a little bit skewed because of how much people are feeling Alex right now post um, Islam fight. (laughs) Understandably so. Islam looked like he was exhausted, and Alex looked like if this went another three minutes, he was about to be the fucking lightweight champion. Right. But people forget, man. I think people also had this impression of Yair, where like, oh, you know, he'll break, and yada, yada, yada. Yair have been, hasn't been that guy in a long time. He's a very dangerous right. fighter. So Alex knew what he was dealing with. Alex talked about how, like, Yair is a very, very dangerous opponent. And you fuck— the wild shit you need to beat a guy like Alex, this guy specializes in, right, Mark? Like, this is what he does, is throw wild shit like that.
2: <laughs> yeah, and I think you saw some of that in the third round where it did seem like he was struggling a little bit to, to to solve that puzzle, right? When when it was on the ground, it was all one-way traffic, and he dominated those first two rounds. But there was, you know, a good couple minutes where it took Alexander some, some time to kind of figure out the puzzle. But the thing is, he fucking did. Like, it's not that, like, he got a lucky punch. Like, he timed, he figured out his his exits for his uh his combinations which he liked to throw a, a barrage and then end with a high kick because he's expecting alex or he's expecting the opponent to try to exit out of the barrage and as he pivot and stayed in the pocket and threw that counter it, you know yeah didn't see it coming he solved the puzzle right like and that's what you want to see like it, it was interesting to see him struggle a little bit and be like okay how is he going to adapt to this is he going to you know try to lean back on the wrestling again And he didn't have to. He leaned back on his striking, which is another thing that he does extremely well. And, you know, in this weight division, I don't always necessarily think of him as, like, a super power striker. But, like, when he lands, he can land really hard. Because I think a lot of times when I'm kind of looking at his fights, it's a lot of him getting in into the pocket, scoring his quick combination, mixing up his combinations. They don't always have, like, the most power. And I feel like a lot of times he finishes people on accumulation. But this was one of those times where he landed that perfect shot and was able to, to put it away. So, yeah, it was a very impressive performance.
1: Yeah, that was, I mean, Mike, what can be said? Did he put on a clinic out there? What did you think of Volk?
0: Yeah, there's not really too much I can add to this. Uh, Volkanovski looked great. Um, one thing we talked about in the pre-show was if the headbutt in the third round really had any type of effect. On on Yair, I think we're all pretty much in consensus that it didn't. Um, it, it it looked like it really didn't affect him that much. He was back in action within what fifty seconds, uh, forty seconds. I mean,
1: he should have taken more time, if it did, let's put it that way, because he was on the best. Maybe that. Made, then again, maybe he did come back sooner because he's like, I have good momentum here. Maybe I should, but we don't know. He hasn't said anything. He's made no excuses from what I can tell. True, but yeah.
0: Uh, Volkanovski took care of a very dangerous fighter who had been a role in relatively short fashion. Didn't even need the championship rounds to to get him out of there. So uh, nothing behind marks for Volkanovski after his performance on Saturday.
1: So we got to talk about what's next here for Volkanovski. Volkanovski's out here, so we got a couple of things at play. We can talk. We can go with. Volkanovski is begging Ilya Tapuria. who was there. And they had a nice little face-off after the fight. I don't know if you guys don't know if you guys saw that in the crowd. They had a little face-off, and you know, Ilya's. You know, no one did anything stupid, but it was cool. And then um, Alex said, he said it before the fight. He's saying it after. He's pretty much begging Ilya not to take a fight with Max Holloway because Arnold Allen took a fight with Max Holloway, and now Arnold Allen's not there for Volk to fight. So Volk recognizes this sh- what he's done to this weight class, and quite frankly what the UFC's booking has done, which I still can't believe they booked that Arnold Allen and Max Holloway fight. It's, you know, it worked out this past weekend, I guess, when they booked uh, dricus against Robbie, uh, Bobby Knuckles, we'll get to that, but when you get in these weight class when there's like one or two contenders left, I don't know what we're fucking around, but all of a sudden this becomes a meritocracy, this stupid sport? Like, come on. Um, but we got that, right? So we also got the other, we got the fact that Charles Oliveira says he cannot fight um, Islam in Abu Dhabi in October um i wouldn't want to go there anyway if i was him just putting that out there not a guess where he lost the fucking title um so he can't um there's no other clear person at 155 if we think about it cuz unless we're going to give the winner of the BMF god BMF championship fight Poirier and um Gaethje in that fight which it's going to be hard to imagine either one of those guys getting out of that fight not needing time to recover just yeah. putting that out there. We got that. So we got people wanting, and Dana's okay with it. He says he's fine. He says he kind of cosigns if Alex wants to fight Islam in Abu Dhabi, um, which we be kind of appropriate. They fought in Australia last time, right? Seems like it would be reasonable. There's that. And at the 145 side, you got Ilya, and then you got the fact that Aljamain Sterling says he's fighting his last fight at 145 pounds next month. Not 135 pounds next month when he fights Sean O'Malley. Um, assuming he wins that fight be very hard not to book a champion versus champion fight there um, so I guess let's go with the thing I always say which is what do you think will happen and what do you want to happen and I'm going to go with first and I'm going to say I think he's going to fight Islam Mahachev in three months in Abu Dhabi and what I want to happen is for him to fight Ilya Taporia in whatever whenever they can fight four months that's what I want to happen, and then I want him to. Then I want him to fight Alderman Sterling after that, and then I want. I, I would like Islam to defend this title against somebody else, which he's yet to do. Just I know that a lot of people got beat up. A lot, a lot of people lost title fights along the way here, but it's a lightweight. It's the lightweight division. It's a very deep weight class. You know, he hasn't beaten a lot of these guys. So, Mike, what do you want, and what do you think will happen? I
0: think what I want and what will happen. Um, I think are going to be one and the same, and I'm kind of cheating a bit on the what will happen, just because of the comments that Dana White made at his uh, press conference after after the card, where.
1: Mike, I apologize. Him, did I mention did I mention that he needs the elbow thing cleaned out or not? Did we mention that? Yes. Okay. Sorry, go Yes, he did. Okay. But I think that Dana's comments
0: in the post fight are very telling. Um, they asked him about Volk, Volk and um, Volk and Islam. And he spoke very highly of Volkanovsky and said he's done so much that basically whatever he wants, he he should get. Um, you don't often hear Dana White say that when people are trying to make you know fights. And I'm going to take him at his word for it when it comes to this case so and i would love to see that happen because it's as you had mentioned earlier it's not like volka uh, was uh was outmatched in uh in their first fight
1: so yeah who wouldn't want to see that happen again okay mark what about you what do you think what's gonna happen what do you want to happen
2: um i mean it, it does seem like the cards are mostly aligned for him to rematch with islam and it, and like like you guys, I don't have a problem with that fight. I think in an ideal world, I wouldn't have minded Islam getting a different fight because I, I want them both to build a little bit more. And Alexander did, right? Alexander has come off that loss. He fought Yair. He looked incredible, right? And now, like in that, and it's one of these things where it's not like his stock. I think fell at all during that fight. If anything, it rose in a loss. But it kind of like it would be nice to see Islam fight someone else at 55, have another dominating performance, and kind of. Respark a little bit of that magic of like, yeah, like his last fight with Alexander was pretty rough. Like it, it did not end particularly well for him. And it looked like it may have, you know, somewhat controversial. He needs to beat someone's ass basically, right? I, I think it would build, um, you know, in an ideal world, I would like that. I think the cards just align with people's schedules and how often they just fought that that seems like he's probably the most recovered. I don't know how Ilya physically is doing, you know, the, the Emirate fight, he did take some punches. It was a five round fight. You know, if if there's some injuries that he needs to recuperate from, you know, that would make sense. And then obviously, like, I do think the Sterling fight is appealing. Um, Probably not as appealing as Islam, but anytime there's a champion versus champion, that's interesting. I think stylistically with uh, Sterling's grappling regiment, it could be a very, you know, intriguing fight as well. But not on paper, not maybe as exciting as Islam or um, Ilya just because of how those two guys fight. Um, But I do want to see that fight. So, yeah, I, I do think... It seems like the cards are played out to have Islam, Ilya, and then Sterling. You know, because Sterling has to get through a fight, right? He has to beat oh, absolutely. Um, And, I mean, I, I think we all think he will. I think that that is, like, the majority, you know, likely outcome is that he will come through that that fight and, and be okay. And and I, and then I think that buildup could be interesting, too. So, I think, you know, Alexander is in an interesting spot. And then in featherweight, you know, has been – it seemed a little – Shallow for a while, but I think with Ilya and then potentially Arnold Allen, you know, if he gets another win versus somebody, you know, maybe fights, maybe fights Emmett, maybe Emmett is just like the punching bag that everyone has to stomp over to get to the title. You know, there's some new blood there, but I also wouldn't be surprised if after these three fights, he calls it a career because you kind of get to the point where it's like, well, you know, I did what I did. Unless he becomes one fifty five and he pulls off some fucking Do you gangster do you guys not worry? And, like, do you
1: remember it? when we got like Kane versus JDS like three times in like eleven months or twelve months? Yeah. And we yeah, were all just like, different. man, what are we like can we like, you know? Yeah, I wanna see, like, see new matchups. Yeah. I wanna
2: I want new matchups because it makes me intrigued because if I keep seeing the same fight, even if they're Competitive good
1: fights. It's kind of like what well, you know, I've been hearing. What done is it when they like? Fights? How long did it take for them to book like GSP versus BJ Pen Two. The first one was incredible, and they're like, "We had these two guys. It, it helps build a fight if we can like, yeah, you know, we can get somewhere with these things, man. We can like, I don't know. I just, uh, I, 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 I also like, man. he got to go have elbow surgery and clean it up. And I don't care how easy it is, man. Like that's a like, yeah, that's a so, factor.
0: So just, I, I know we have a lot to talk about, uh-huh. but. Just playing a little devil's advocate. If Islam doesn't fight Volkanovski, who would you want him to fight? Let me look at the rankings.
1: We're working. We're we working, have we're working,
0: uh, Gechi, daryush Chandler, and him. at five we have Rafael.
1: He should ask for Zay. it right now, Michael Chandler. You should. He got. He Michael Chandler's got to get a hold of the situation, guys. This is getting away from him, and it's not. He needs to recognize he's not getting this fight. And, Michael Chandler needs right, to right so now ask for it. That you owe me. Like I did this most- fucking reality show.
0: Okay, so that seems like the most plausible person. But going back to your, to your mentioning of JDS and uh, and uh, shoot, why am I blanking on his name? Um, uh, Kane. Kane. Yes. Uh, thank you. Um, while three times in what eleven months or whatever, whatever that was. time period yeah. was, it it was a little crazy. But you also have to acknowledge that those two were. The one and two heavyweights in the world by a country mile. Um, and if you want to try to pretend this is a meritocracy, which, you know, that's laughable at, at this point. Um, if you have a choice between Chandler and Volkanovsky, let's say, fighting Islam, just in, just in regards to which resume. Deserves it more. Are are you really going to pick Chandler?
1: I'm not, well, it isn't a meritocracy. There's no point. I don't think this, I don't want to see him fighting. I mean, this is a pointless conversation. Michael Chandler's coming off a loss anyway. What am I even talking about? I just think Michael Chandler needs to call for it right now. I think Michael Chandler needs to right now start talking. I don't know. I don't, being a company guy, look, you kissed your, you you said so many nice things about Connor that that he agreed to fight, that he agreed to do this reality show with you. There's no fucking fight. There's no yeah, fucking fight, this man. This fight's not happening. Nate Diaz is gonna fight. If Nate Diaz beats Jake Paul, right? Let's say he does. Probably won't. Let's say he, we're gonna talk about stuff we like later. That was amazing. That was hilarious, the whole interview. But um let's say that happens. Do you know and, and Nate Diaz has talked about going back? Like this is just a pause thing. You know how much money's to be made still in that third fight? You know how much money's to be made on like a the, the fucking fourth Poirier fight? You know how much money is to be made even like there's options. This guy's got better options, man. Michael Chandler, right now, man, than what reality show people aren't watching. Like, there's better options out there. And I just think, like, Michael Chandler needs to recognize, like, this is, it's, it's getting away from you, buddy. It is getting Speaking away which, from you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Speaking of that reality show, have has Team Connor won a fight yet? I don't think so. I don't so. think so. <laughs> don't I, th- think. I, th- I thought that they shoved each other, and it was, like, the only thing they got yeah. so far out of this thing. Look, so I look, I mean, look. Being a good coach, not everybody's a good coach. A lot of people can't coach. Fucking like, I don't remember when Brock Lesnar was like a decent coach. It was ridiculous. People didn't expect that shit at all. Some people aren't good coaches. Rampage was a terrible coach. I kept inviting him back to coach the thing. You know,
0: Rampage was too busy putting uh, chickens in Rashad's car. The best advice he would give during uh, the fights was,
1: Get up! Well, because Rampage is like, just knock him <laughs> yeah, out. That's what I no. fucking do. That's how I became champion. I knock motherfuckers out. Like, hey, man, it's not in the cards for everybody. You know? <laughs> then call that one dude titties. <laughs> that was, that was, the guy's like, oh, after the show, we should fight. I'm like, you're not fighting Rampage. I'm sorry. <laughs> no one knows who you are. Okay, let's get going. Let's see what happens. Michael Chandler, I'm sure you listen to the podcast. Ask for a fucking title shot right now. Now's the time. Today. Um, co-main event. That was the best fight of the year. It's probably the, I would say I liked as good as the, I think this is the best flyweight title fight ever. And the only other one that compares is the first time Figueroa fought um, Moreno, the one that went to a draw. I mean, Marcus, we're already going like, we're like 20 plus minutes in. Can you give like a real quick description of what happened in this fight? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it was a really good fight. Um, I do have some criticisms, not of the
2: fight of itself, but um, you know, last week I, I praised the booth. Oh, I was looking how forward much to this I part. loved it. Yeah, go yeah. Ahead. I, I, I thought the commentary was so on point, even in like fights that weren't super exciting, and I really felt they failed on this on this fight in particular because what we had was you know, um, Pantoja in the first round came out really hard and really gave it to Brandon. He knocked him down with a left hook. He got on top of him. He put a lot of damage on Brandon and and really seemed to like take it away. Right. To the point where it's like, it's close to being like he could have finished this fight and, and Brandon seemed like he was really needed to make some major adjustments to kind of get back into it, which he did. Right. And, and this is what makes it such a good fight. This is, this is when I look at like fight of the year, this is what I want to see. Is that like there's adjustments being made. There's an ebb and flow to the fight where not one guy's just completely dominating. You know, they're able to make adjustments and come back. And then Brandon looked great in the second round. His striking really got off. And it definitely seemed like uh, Pantoja gas tank was really running on empty, which it was for this round and pretty much the rest of the fight. And it's kind of that narrative that the booth got in their head like, oh, he blew his wad in the first round and, you know, now he's getting pieced up. And they weren't correctly seeing that like this dude is still in this fight like yeah his body language looks like shit he looks exhausted
1: but this guy is not giving up like you have to recognize you know, as he was on his back fight. tired but it was like brandon was doing anything brandon was losing still like i was watching I'm like brandon's losing he's not landing he, a lot but he's losing <laughs> he kept throwing
2: like he this guy did not give up in this fight and like it's easy to look at his body language and be like this guy's fucking tired like he's gassed in the second like it looks i mean i can understand why a narrative would start to build especially in that second round That like okay this guy's gassing out he overexerted himself in that first round he he was throwing way too hard but like he didn't stop right and he was still in the fight and it's like coming the third and fourth round it's like this dude is still fucking fighting and the booth is not recognizing it they're kind of just saying like oh you know brandon's getting taken down yada 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 and it's just like you have to recognize like what's going on in this fight and breaking it down, and that's what's so frustrating is like this is a big pay per view. This is probably you know a huge event. You're this probably is getting the new eyes on it. This is the pay per view. You're getting lots of potentially new fans or people that aren't super familiar, and it just sucks that like. They're not giving you the story that's playing out in front of you. They're telling you a different story of what's happening. And it's just like, oh,
1: my God. Dude, I I was, we I'm so past- happy because I know you don't you don't always listen on with commentary. I know. Yeah, you don't, I don't always. So commentary. I'm so happy you finally, like, experienced what I've been saying a little bit here. Like, I mean, DC and Rogan together is not okay. Yeah, They do. Uh, individually, they are okay. Like, when it's like DC and Bisping and Anik, good. DC and fucking Felder and Anik. It's fine. Joe Rogan and Dominic and fucking Anik. It's better. Like these two together, it turns into a fucking watch party. And yeah. Joe does not do what the research he used to. Do. Joe doesn't know the fucking judging. They act like they talk about the judging sometimes. And I know it's not good. Like my Ben Cartledge did a bad scorecard, right? It was bad. Yeah. But these guys are sitting up here talking about control. Mike, these dudes are talking about control. The rule set hasn't said control. Control is the only... You go to control if everything else is dead fucking equal. Okay? Like, dead equal. Like, dead... Like, I... It's... A, they're
0: doing a disservice. I would say... I yeah. would say it's hard. Oh, well, you know, it's been one way for a long time. But this is your job. Yeah. They get paid but a lot of money. You be so stuck in your ways.
2: I just, yeah. like... I, I just... So, I, I, I don't... I didn't want to focus on that too much, but that was really
1: honestly like that's that's a conversation for like maybe the next couple weeks are pretty lean. We can talk about that, but it's it's been bad. At the end of the day, we got a fantastic fight, right? And it
2: really was because Pantoja really threw everything. What what I kind of loved in this fight was like his corner was I think giving him good advice, and Pantoja is one of those guys like he he drums by his own feet. Yeah, he fight when he's fighting, it's all instinct because they were saying like, "Yo, lay off in the beginning." let Brandon wear himself out and then come strong in the end because you're going too hard in the beginning and then you're gassing out in the end of the round and, you know, you're potentially giving up the round. It's like, this dude would come on the round. I'm swinging, baby. (laughs) It's just like, it's all instinct with this guy. And it worked, right? Like he just, what I really liked about this is like for a guy that we we knew was really talented. Like we we knew Pantoja was extremely talented. He's done very well in this division. He's beat Brandon twice. I've learned so much more about this guy Not only in this fight, but in his post fight than any marketing for the UFC has done because we'll talk. I mean, the fight itself was fantastic. He showed so much heart and determination to win that belt and to to take it from Moreno. And then when he finally did win the post fight, sold his because we were talking about we love Brandon Moreno. He has a great story. He's so charismatic. He's a lovable guy. And Pantoja were like, UFC does not want
1: Look, this guy. Look, you and me have talked – you and me talk about how much we love that. Like, we, be, you and me became into, like, a lot of these dudes because of the Figarito pantoja fight. We talk about that often. Right. But I don't – I'd say you and me know, like, more than 98% of the audience 90, about this guy. And we didn't know shit about him personally. Like, he I did not – I don't yeah, know it was even no a fucking idea. ATT. I don't even know that much. Yeah, yeah. I, My, I, yeah mean, people, so, I mean, he went out there and he said – he had all of his kids – and his wife, and like, and then he went up. He's talking about like his life, and he's talking about his mother raised him and his uh, sibling. And then he looks at the camera, and he's just like, "Are you proud of me now, Dad?" Talking about his dad that walked out on him, and I'm like, "There was a lot of emotions on this card, Mark. There was a lot of emotions yeah. on this card for me." <laughs> like, yeah,
2: you, it, it's just like I said. In a span of 35 minutes, like, I felt like I know this guy and his story and his struggles and could revel in his triumph here so much more than I did before, right? We, we, we talked about it last week, like the UFC doesn't want this guy to win. There's no story here. There's no star power. He made himself a star in that fight and then in that post-fight because the fight itself was like, it was a tough fight for him. He really had to push. He, he dug in deep to get those late rounds and to win this fight. And then I think the, the icing on the cake was, then he sold his story he did it authentically he talked about how much his and a lot of people come out there and talk. like oh my family's really important to me like you could tell the way his family was reacting the way he was reacting like this was all for them and the way and then he talked about like growing up and having his like you felt this you, dude's story and he sold it he did a good job you don't you don't often hear a, go fuck yourself dad
0: after someone wins a uh, UFC belt, either that was chef's kiss. yeah.
1: There was there was some anger behind some of the stuff we got in the cage later. Th- 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 this pay per view, Mike. I'm just saying, there was a lot of stuff <laughs> happening.
0: Yeah, so it was it but was. You was never, it just, but you never heard my daddy wasn't around. Go fuck
2: yourself, daddy. Like, no, his no that, come was, that was a new one for got me. Around my waist. I mean, but, did someone else say that? He didn't say Nobody. go F is dead. No, but he basically no, was. Come That's on, basically man. what come he said. No, but I mean, the that way was. That was like go fuck yourself. No, yeah. but the way he said it was like it was it it, it wasn't like mean spirited. It was like I proved myself. You know. Yeah. I mean, Mike, I don't did you see it? You're making No, no, faces. It, I mean
0: it was it, it was yo, like it wasn't like he was cold hearted. Almost like saying Eminem's I'm sorry,
1: mama song was an actual love trip. He was, to no, his was he was coming, he was a very happy person in this moment. It wasn't like I'm not trying to portray that he was just like ripping like dripping with rage or something but like yeah i mean I, I think if you watch it maybe you'll see like his his tone wasn't like it, it was like a hey
2: like i proved you wrong like i yeah i proved a lot of people wrong here but like it's the way he said it was like authentic it wasn't it wasn't him giving like a, an fu to his dad it, in such a way like it was so brash as that it was a moment that like because i think that would have that would have sullied the moment right because it was a beautiful moment where he's like everyone's kind of happy for you could you could revel for me it was like I can revel with this guy. Like I, I feel the passion that like, this isn't just like a goal. This wasn't just like an accomplishment. Like this was a lifelong journey that he was able to, to push through and and achieve. That's what I got. So it it had a very human touch to it, which I thought really sold it. So yeah, I mean on multiple levels on this fight, this was like, yeah, a fight of the year contender for sure. We have to make sure he put it in the books.
1: Yeah, that was, that was awesome. Um, Mike, we can't do this again, right? Like, we can't, we can't, Before? like, we can't send these dudes out there again, can we? Uh, I mean, why not? I mean, we 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 just had a fucking like twenty five stretch, whatever, a fucking seven fight series with Brandon already with Figueroa, bro. We got to do this again, and he beat yeah, him. He's lost to him three but, times. You no,
0: know, this was a, but this was a split though. He lost him know, three so, times. Uh, well, no, I'm talking about in this fight. Alright, it was a split decision, not a split in the wins. None of that's a unanimous, like the worst a unanimous <laughs> on the wins part, but Yeah, I why mean, not? I like Brandon. Look, I don't have that big as big of a issue with it when it's you know it's someone I like. You know, so sure. Brandon, let's get a little... let's go, Brandon. Jesus Christ, buddy.
1: Thank you. This is not a good joke. <laughs> we got already have the motherfucker coming to the events. Like, <laughs> you know, there's
0: a truck that's uh, parks a block away from where I live that has a big old "Let's Go Brandon" sticker on it.
1: I wonder about that. Why? Why would you do that to your own property? Like, I don't know. Deface your own property to own the libs? Good job. Also, you know, <laughs> he also lives in
0: also lives in a super diverse
1: neighborhood, so I always wonder about
0: that. He must hate himself. He must hate everyone around him. Yo, if there's ever a shootout.
1: I know who to look for. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, you really think we do this again, man? Is that, I mean, first of all, Brandon's got a broken hand and a broken face. So maybe we can't. Let's go with that. But we have no, other, we have other um, dudes who have been waiting. We've got like um, Al, um, Amir a- 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 al-Bazi is out there. And so if they're going to put these motherfuckers on like a fight night. Like, okay.
2: Yeah.
1: Amir yeah, al-Bazi. In,
0: in, in, yeah, in, in all seriousness. Yeah. In all Seriousness. I don't think so. I think you got to get some new blood um, in the title fight. I mean, if anything, Pantoja winning and that speech he gave afterwards just shows just, you know, what can surprise you if you let some other people get in the limelight. So I think if they want to play it safe, Albazi will be next, then then maybe uh, you can't have... for. Assuming we cannot have Figueredo and Brandon fight for the title in the next year. Maybe we have
1: I like uh, Royville, Royville, man. Royville Our got has got a case. Royville's got a case right now as much as Albazi Didn't, does. Hasn't Royville lost? Recently? Didn't he just beat someone's ass? Like he was talking about how he had a better he had a better win than he's won three straight. And uh, he, uh, Nico He's Niccolar. got a loss. He's got a loss to Pantoja, though. He got finished. I mean he may not have it he might not have the leg up over uh, Albazi. But I think I think got to give it to Albazi. I mean yeah. More than almost 3 years ago he lost to Pantoja and he's won 3 straight since. Yeah, it's one of those two I guess. He he also wait. Albazi hasn't lost to Pantoja though, has he?
0: Uh that I don't know. I haven't checked the uh, Pantoja. Uh
1: they have not they have not fought. Anyway. All right. Um Mexican MMA had a rough night. Um, okay, we gotta pick up the pace. We're thirty five minutes in. Dricus DuPlusy, Robert Whitaker. I he he knocked out Robert Whitaker. On on my on my bingo card of possibilities, Robert Whitaker gets knocked out by Dricus He was not there. I thought if Dricus is gonna win, he'd have to just end up in a brawl and win a decision, to be honest. Because Bobby Knuckles doesn't lose to people in this weight class, not named Izzy Adesanya, man let alone get finished by him. It was a truly impressive performance. Nobody, nobody thought Drickus Duplicy could do this. Nobody. Look around. Nobody was picking. Chael said Dricus was going to win. But Trey, Trey, Chael says a lot of stuff. So he probably said the opposite in a different one. I was so impressed with him getting it done, man. Marcus, I was thoroughly and completely impressed by that performance. He got Bobby Knuckles to fight his fight. He got him into weight into his kind of shit, and he like he was defending. Actually, he blocks him. He blocked more strikes in the first two minutes than he has in his entire UFC career. I was impressed with that with Drickus. It's the best fight of his life. I was. What do you think, man? I just thought he did amazing. Yeah. No. I mean, we kind of talked about it last week. You know, I've seen him fight before,
2: and it wasn't until I I saw him in there again. I was like, oh, okay, now I kind of remember how this guy fights. And, and you're like, it, it's Tank like. Mm. He is a big middleweight. He put those big cinder blocks up and was defending himself. And for a lot of it, he kind of let Robert dictate a lot of the pacing, you know. And, and we knew Robert was going to be kind of hard to catch. He has good foot feet work, You know, he has really good hands. But he was letting Robert kind of like just pop in the pocket and throw left hooks around his guard, trying to break his guard with the jab. And, you know, for the most part, he was kind of letting him run away with it until, you know, and, and Robert even got him down, uh, you know, to uh, – do Duk- Cricus's uh, credit, he was able to get back up, which was impressive. Uh, but it was really that turning point in the first round where Robert got in a clinch and like kind of got off balance, and Duk- uh D- I'm gonna call him DDP, DDP got him with the head on takedown. I don't like the that old, uh, like like you know what, what you know a lot of people call it, like the sloppiest type of takedown. He got him the down. women's it MMA like, takedown.
1: Okay. That's the, uh, the, yeah, uh, the women's I MMA mean, takedown.
2: <laughs> and, you know, I think there's been lots of the, I think is, I don't know if it's like uh, Dominic says it's valid or isn't valid or I don't know. There's always this fight in the booth about like the authenticity of that type of takedown. But like, look, he got Robert down and more impressive than that, he kept him down. Even more impressive than that, he beat the fucking shit out of him when he got him down. Like it was one of these things where it's like, yeah, he didn't just take him down. Like he got on top of him. He did not let Robert get back up. And he put a fucking pounding on him and he won that round. So like right there, I was like, okay, that's impressive. Now, you know, we've seen Robert get hit. We've seen him in trouble. Is he going to be able to make those adjustments? And this is something that, you know, I didn't remember from the Cannoneer fight, but I guess like Cannoneer kind of exposed Robert Whitaker. I guess Cannoneer was able to show that from Southpaw, that right jab lights this fucker up and DDP did the tape. He did the work. He had fucking exposed him, and that right jab fucked Robert Ridaker up. A right jab from Southpaw blasted this man and he had no recourse after it and he won the biggest fight of his career. And, and we talked about it last week. You know, yeah, yeah. None of us thought he was gonna be able to pull this off. We I thought Robert was way too technical. And I think throughout this card, what I noticed the most with the upsets is that. On one side, we had someone who I thought was more technically astute and was a better student of the game and had better kind of technique and footwork and all that. And it was heart determination and perseverance that came through for three of these fuckers, you know. And that's kind of what makes this sport great is like sometimes on paper, it doesn't always read the way you want to. DDP didn't seem like he had the the aptitude to to handle a lot of the stuff that Robert Whitaker was throwing out, but he absolutely did. He did his fucking homework and it paid dividends and he he got the win he wanted. He's getting the big
1: fight he wanted. It's getting all the, you know yeah, let's, the uh, heat that he wanted. So oh yeah. That's the part that, that's an important sentence right there. That he wanted. Because he did this. And here we are. Um yeah. Um unfortunate no one's gonna talk about what he did in the cage. Because of what happened afterwards, Um, we, Mike, we talked about it for at least six months now. Where how if this fight gets booked, it is going to be really ugly. And he took it there. Drickus took it there. He can't now claim he didn't. That we are not anybody who tells you Drickus what didn't mean anything by this is naive on a level that's comical, to be honest. Or. They also tend to be Caucasian. Not and, and, not or, normally and. White. I just, you can't call, you can't question a man's culture and expect not expecting things to happen. That being said, Izzy didn't make it any better. Izzy did not make that situation any better. I'm not saying he should have said the words he did, but I think Drick is going out there right now and acting like, I don't know why he's like this. I didn't say anything. Fuck you. Okay? He doesn't get the benefit of the doubt also for one important reason, Mike. Fight ended. My man went over the cage. What did he do? Immediately. First thing he did.
0: He went and dapped up uh, the 45th president, Mr. Donald
1: Trump. Yeah, openly racist president. Yeah, that one. You know, who just didn't find a black athlete he couldn't have a feud with. That one. Okay. So, yeah, now we get two months of this. We get two months of this. Um, Dana White says Izzy promised he wasn't going to hit him in the cage and he says I don't care what he says he can say whatever he wants okay we've come a far way we've come a long way since Frank Mir losing his WEC commentating job for saying that he hopes that Brock Lesnar is the first octagon death when they fight we've come a long way because now people threaten to kill each other all the time We've come a long way so these guys are going to fight in Australia in two months and um, early prediction I could be wrong I also I just thought he was going to lose to Bobby Knuckles, so I was wrong that one too. Um, this reminds me of when Conor fought Habib. Reminds me of when Conor was pushing every button he could, talking about Habib's culture, his family, his religion, all these things. And then in the cage, in the middle of Khabib whooping his ass, Habib saying, uh, "What do you say?" He says, uh, "Talk now" or something talk like now. that. Talk now. Yeah. And Conor says, "It's just business." It is just business. It is business to you. You got the title fight, Dricus. You got the number one contender fight. To f- then You're fighting Izzy Adesanya. And uh, it wasn't just... It's not, I don't think it's just business to him. I think I think Izzy's going to fight with the intention of hurting him. Maybe he gets sloppy. Mark, you and I were talking about it earlier. You said maybe he does the fights outside of himself. Maybe he does. I think Drikus is going to get hit a lot in this fight. And him fighting the way he does is going to be very helpful because he has to fucking... Just be a tank and keep going. It's the only way it's going to work. Uh, mm-hmm.
2: I, I I understand a lot of the, um, you know, not wanting or not being excited about like the lead up to this and the racially charged stuff. Um, what does excite me is that like, it's it, look does it anger Izzy? Does it motivate him? Does he put on a better better? Does that ultimately result in a better performance? I'm all for that. Like I I, I like to see Izzy in a fight where there's like. You know, cause his, the Alex fights were really interesting because he had something at stake. I mean, like, there was a personal grudge there. And now there's more more of a personal... I mean, I guess with the Alex fight, it was more of, like, a personal. His legacy grudge, was, at, right?
1: like, it was at stake in that Alex exactly. fights. Exactly. Yeah.
2: And, and now it's, like, a personal thing. And, look, it, like, it, it does mean, like, the build-up's probably going to be really gross. And, like, th- this this little back-and-forth where he's dropping the N-word. And, like, you can tell, like, look, DDP poked him. He's, they're, they're both prodding at each other. They're trying to get under each other's skin. At the end of the day... After this fight, just stylistically, I'm very interested to see what's going to happen. Because, like, yeah, Izzy is extremely smooth on the feet. He's so technical, but so's Robert. And Izzy's and Robert's last fight was a very technical fight that was very close. And even, it was weird, Bob, because leading up to this, when Robert's coming out and there's a lot of fanfare around and they're talking about how close that second fight was, I was kind of, I was starting to buy into, like, you know what, maybe a third fight wouldn't be that bad. And I've been such a proponent of not being super excited for that and then this came up and DDP proved himself. I mean, look, you, his personality and this, it's unfortunate this sport is getting more of these types of people where it's just like, oh, I just hate their how they conduct themselves in such a way that it, it makes it hard to appreciate what they can do as an athlete. But just stylistically how these two guys are going to fight is going to be really interesting. Because I do think Izzy's going to be able to pick apart at him on the stand-up. But, like, if this dude gets Izzy down... That's gonna be some fucking trouble because I just saw him take Robert Whitaker down. He probably had a minute thirty and put a whooping on him and then finished him the next round. Like this really changed kind of how I feel about what this it's guy. is. fast turnaround though, brother.
1: Him. It's a fast turnaround. It is. I, mean, I it hope, is. I, hope been, also, I hope they've been studying this guy for a while because this you're fighting, yeah, you're fighting the most it. difficult fight in this way class, the hardest puzzle to solve. Is right in front yeah, of you now. And, so. and if Izzy just has a fantastic performance where he's
2: styling up on this guy and really able to... Because, look, I you watch some of Izzy's kickboxing fights. Like, when this dude's fucking flowing, it's really fucking good. And we've seen moments of it in the UFC. I think there's been a couple of fights where he's looked particularly good. But, like, when this dude's really flowing, it's fucking beautiful. And if he can do that with someone like DDP, who's kind of awkward and jerky and kind of just stands there and bowls in, like, it could be a really interesting fight. So... You know, the lead up's going to suck. I think the fight's going to be incredible one way or the other. I'm excited to see this. And this is kind of what I'm talking about. I want the fresh blood. And now I'm even convinced that, like, it might not just be a complete cakewalk for Izzy. And if it is, hopefully it's an entertaining one where it's just it's just a, a chop shop where he gets to, to you know. I think someone's going to bed one way guy or apart. the other. I think so. I think that's very likely.
1: Yeah, it's like it's like the whole, like, like Usman and Covington, right? Incredible fight. Such a good fight, right? I had a really bad time, man. Leading up to that, did not enjoy myself. I don't, I don't watch this sport for weird personal conflicts. Sometimes it's nice, and if it's fun, cool. You know, Rampage of Rashad, lots of fun. Had a blast with that one. You know, but like this, the shit's dark enough, and you know, and the guy in the front rows a reason for it. A lot of you know, a lot of it. I don't need this. You know, in this sport, that's basically what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. But you know what? The fight will be good. Fair. You know? Fair. Totally fair. That's just what I think. Um, Man, poor Jalen Turner and uh, fucking uh, Dan Hooker, man. You're not getting a fucking bonus after that fight? That was incredible. Um, mm-hmm. The reports of Dan Hooker's demise have been greatly exaggerated. Um, That being said, he was getting tuned up in the first round, I thought. I was like, okay, this is going how I thought it was going to go. Second round, though, Dan Hooker came back with a vengeance. Um, third round, Dan Hooker won. I don't know the person who gave it to Turner. I think they gave him the third round, which... Did they Did they give him the second as or well? Did they give him the, let me I look, him let me the look this up.
2: I would think maybe one and two, because Turner... Adelaide Bird
1: hurt. gave... <laughs> fucking Adelaide Bird, the first and the third to Turner. Okay, that's kind of crazy. It's, I mean, I don't know which... I mean, the third round... The second round where Turner almost got finished, he has a better claim than the third round. Third round, he got his ass whooped. So, well, because in, in,
2: in the second... He almost got choked, right? Wasn't it?
1: The, it, it? Yeah, but in the second round was where he
2: got a big head kick. Like, he hurt Dan. He had yeah. him on early in the round, and then he kind of... I don't know if the gas tank ran out or... like He kind of let it off, and then Dan was able to come back. I mean, at the end of the day, a shame these guys didn't get a bonus because, yeah, that was a great fight. And, and one that... Dan kind of needed, right? He had to kind of pull it out of the fire. He had to really push Dude, himself. Dude, the other guy
1: missed weight. And the odds became yeah. more in his favor. And I swear to God, it's because they saw Dan Hooker's stupid-ass hair. And people thought, this man's going through a mental crisis. We have oh, to. come be- on. Get- Just because Yo, he dyed his hair He went long. from minus 250 to minus 300 is what happened with Turner after Turner missed weight. Okay? Do you think it's because he missed weight and people said, oh, he's this big guy's going to have a bad weight cut and win? Come on. Um. Anyway, moving on. Uh, we're going to have to give Bo Nickel somebody whose name I know. I don't think they're doing anything wrong. They're fighting, He's a 3-0, 4-0 fighter fighting other guys who are like that. I think we're at the point now. This fight, next one, I'm not saying the guy needs to be ranked, but I think I should know his name. What do you think, Mark? I think that's reasonable. We should know his name.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of said it last week, like, I, I at least want someone that is – should have over 10 fights, at the very least, um, and is capable. Because uh, at, at this point, I mean, he, even ranked or not or whatever, like, we know this guy's credentials, right? He, he's he's credential up the wazoo. We've had guys, you know, tra- go from wrestling to, you know, mixed martial arts. And you don't know how they're going to transition. He, flying colors. This dude's a fucking natural. Like, yeah. we, we already know, like, he has the aptitude to make this transition. He needs to get tested now. And it is a thing. It's like, look, we could have him fight... Three more fights against guys under ten fights, in. and 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 this guy he fought was undefeated. But like they're not in the same realm. We're not learning anything. I already knew Bo Nichols was a fucking badass, and I knew his striking was good. He just proved it's even fucking better than I thought. He's getting better so much. He's getting better each fight. He's improving so much. But the the measuring stick is so inaccurate. I can't really gauge when I don't know who these guys are, and they're kind of in the same thing. So like, yeah, we need someone that has some
1: real experience. That has some. We gotta we gotta experience. get Val another fight though and also, like, also if he took a fight on three days notice this guy's not that size he, I mean, he needs to go down yeah. to my class let's be honest Um, he shoved the takedown before he got knocked out that was kind of cool he did stop that takedown before mm-hmm. he uh knocked the guy out he kind of shrugged him off that was gonna. Kind of, that was impressive um Mike what do you want you want Bo Nickel just let's just throw him in the fucking wolves or what do you want to see nah man give him some more cans look man <laughs>
0: he's Mark, crushing Mike's talking about the
1: I'm- can crushing <laughs>
0: Yo, I always say, I I, I don't think that we give enough credence and respect to good old-fashioned can-crushing, all right? It's a nice way to open a pay-per-view card. Hey, look at this hot young prospect. All right. Now see this hot young prospect just obliterate a dude's jaw. All right, now let's get to the real fights, okay? He's only had four fights, like four or five fights. Um, I don't think he should be penalized by being thrown to the deep end before he's ready. Well, he's ready out here talking about just wanting because to fight Comzat and shit. Well, yeah, he says that because you know he, he's all about trying to get that rub. Doesn't mm. mean he actually wants to rub comes out yet. You know what I mean. Anyway, one thing I did learn that was interesting, um, which also doesn't help my argument of feed him tomato cans, is you would think Three-time champion wrestler at Penn State. Oh, well, it's the striking that really has to come up. His mother apparently was a pro boxer um, growing up. So it's not like the man has never thrown a punch. It's not like he had never thrown a punch before until he decided to go pro.
1: He's not as young as you think he is also.
0: Well, he graduated from Penn State, so he didn't start getting into MMA until, what, 22? So I'm assuming he's like 27.
1: Yeah, he's twenty-seven. I'm just saying, like, there's time, but we—it's not like he's like a twenty-one-year-old. We're, we're going to get there. Um, nice of him to go say hi to the president too. Um, but at least White he doesn't. Co-
0: White boy from state college. Rifle, Colorado. Uh, he...
1: His congresswoman is uh, Lauren Boebert. Oh, are you yeah. serious? Yeah. Yes. Um. Oof. Anyway, um, Robbie Lawler, man, got to me a little bit, Mark. That whole thing. They got to me, the picture and picture of Robbie in near tears. Robbie's such a stoic guy, you know, and like, that was a nice way to go out. What would have happened if he got knocked out? I yeah. don't know, but that was a really nice way to go out.
2: I mean, we we, we talked about it the week before that, you know, we kind of hoped that he would, they would give him the time to give him a proper send off since we knew he was going to be retiring and, you know, he, he got the work done extremely fast against a fighter that we thought, you know, this potentially could be a war, you know, stylistically with Nico price, like this could be a slug fest. And he went out there and demolished Nico price. I mean, absolutely stole that dude's lunch money and walked away with it. And, you know, then we had time to do, do his little tribute video. And it, it was, it was a, it was a fantastic sendoff. And it's, it's kind of one of those things like, well, you know, in an ideal world, it'd be nice if more fighters that put in, you know, the work that Robbie did would, would get that kind of credence, but at do, least do you we got they,
1: it. think they uh, took the criticism of everybody saying the Anderson Silva, way way Anderson Silva went out was a fucking joke? Because it like it was like in the apex, they didn't do anything, they didn't do shit. I think the fact that Anderson, Anderson Silva no-showed his own Hall of Fame ceremony this week. He didn't show hmm. up. He sent his son. Oh, okay. He yeah, didn't I even fucking show was, up? Was he being inducted in, or was it for like a fight or something? I don't know, but he went in for some reason. Like, he didn't show up. Okay. He straight up didn't show yeah. up, which
2: I mean, I mean, I mean, sometimes you don't know when if someone's going to. I mean, one, I would I would think it would be nice if there was some kind of communication between the organization and its independent contractors that like, hey, this is going to be my last one. You know, maybe if they could all get as much, you know, love is they Robbie got. They, gotta, they don't treat great. their
1: history. Well, they got to no, They got to take it, that it's from it's other sports. They don't.
2: Yeah, they don't they don't want to really revel in what has happened. It's always about what what what's coming up next, right? That that's that's the whole sport is what what's next, you know. And, 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 I mean, look, we, we perpetrate that as well. We're talking about what happened, and then we're also talking about what's coming up next for these fighters as well. And I think that's for them, it's like this train's always moving. We're not gonna revel in, you know, what we've done in the past too much. You know, it is a thirtieth anniversary. They're doing some videos I, you here. You know, it'd and there, be like
1: but. I don't know, I think like WWE if they want to you know they're in the WWE family now they're all in the same thing maybe take some advice from them they do a good job man they generally do a yeah. good job of bringing the old people and back and stuff you. I'm just like NBA does a good job with it you know NFL and baseball these people do a good job of trying to bring back their history and like these people built this fucking thing man you know just saying this is the yeah. reason you know it's not look Dana White and the Fertitos did a good job they got it to a $4 billion company. The Endeavor did a good job. They took a $4 billion company to a $12 billion company. You got, they did their parts, but your product is the fighters. You know, you need them. That's what you're selling is the fighters. So anyway, um, real quickly before we put a button on this thing. Um, Yasmin, uh, I can't, Mike, how do you say this? She's Latina. Help me out. Watergate? Um, Yasmine. Who are you referring Yas- to? Okay, in the prelims. Yasmine, look at the look at the prelims. It's the third fight down in the prelims.
0: All right. Yeah, I hadn't I hadn't watched the prelims, so yeah. Um. <laughs> All right, getting there. Oh, good lord!
1: <laughs> this is definitely worth the payoff. <laughs> Uh oof, Jesus. How do you, how do you say that? I don't know how to pronounce that. What kind of Latino are you, man? Come on. I think I think it's you are uh not not from that country. Warage or oh, something? Mexico. Yeah, okay. She's hey, a man. bit of a super prospect. She got iced in 20 seconds. Denise Gomes was not fucking around. She just blitzed her. And then 20 seconds later the fight was over. Um really sick knockout for Jesus Aguilar, though, on the prelims. 17 second knockout. We had four knockouts in less than a minute. <clears throat> Nickel, um, Lawler, Gomes over Warragay, and uh, Jesus Aguilar. Mexico went one and three on this card. Um, the UFC is really going to get out of this fucking time where they had this many Mexican champions with no fight card in Mexico before they all lose the belts. They got to hope Valentina loses to Alexa, man. Jauregui. <clears throat> Jauregui. Way to go. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate How- it. How. Reggie. Okay. Um, let's talk about some news real quickly. Um, Jack Della Delamadela is fighting um this week against some guy who's never fought in the UFC before. So, definitely, you know, definitely worth it worth doing. I he's Australian. I don't know why he's not just, you know, fighting in Australia in 2 months. Is that card so like ready to fucking go that we're not doing this? I I don't know. Um, and then, uh, another news is a a bill that would start a pension fund for MMA fighters in California has Pat has passed the state assembly unanimously with bipartisan support this week. It goes to the state Senate's business and professions committee and then labor committee, uh, Kat Zingano and Mike Beltran were there in Sacramento today. Um, pushing for it. Um, Ronda Rousey and others have pushed some push behind this thing as well. I'm sure this will somehow result in the UFC making sure they never get a card in California ever again. You know the UFC won't go to Colorado? Because Colorado will allow for other rule sets, like the one rule set. That's why they refused to go. They threatened that they wouldn't go to Colorado if they accepted another rule set. And Colorado's like, I mean, you're not coming anyway. So, (laughs) they they, they just did it anyway. So they're like, it's fine. Uh, No problem there. So, 30th anniversary card this time. Definitely not going to be doing one in Denver this year. So, um, other news: uh, Brandon moreno has got a broken hand, a broke at least. Dan Hooker's got a broken face and a thing, and um, Kevin Lee's retiring. Which okay. Kevin Lee's uh, Kevin Lee's always going to be a big what if for me, guys. He had all the athleticism in the world, and he got he got close. But those I think those leg injuries got to him and like yeah. What
0: happens if he doesn't go into that fight with the staph infection?
1: He was winning that fight, too, the first round and a half. Yeah. I don't um. Yeah, too bad, man. I, I like Kevin Lee. I think Kevin Lee was a real, was a real, had a real threat there. He's, he's a really good example of a 165 weight, pay, pound weight class. Would have done him quite well. Um, Ilya Teporia says, uh, he'll knock out Volkanovski in one round and that Volkanovsky's running from him. It's definitely what's happening. Um, Volkanovsky wins that fight too. You mean the guy who couldn't knock out Josh Emmett? That's who he's going to fight? Come on now. He put out, he put away Yair Rodriguez. Um, I didn't know Volk, by the way, he's got like, was like a fucking champion wrestler in Australia was not aware of this at all. Didn't know he had those credentials. Um and and Ganu Fury is happening. Official yet? Ariel says it's going to get announced and that it's going to happen within a few weeks of Jones versus Miosic. Okay. Mike, do you want to go to Madison Square Garden to watch Jones versus? <laughs> I can't even finish it. <laughs> Nah, bro. Um, dude, I thought I, was, was under- I thought it was just Madison Square Garden. UFC ticket prices are just this, dude. Ten million dollar gate, twenty thousand people. Bro, that's five hundred a person. Bro. That's wild.
0: I I was out of work for about four months. I'm on a contract position now. You're yeah, saying go- like last we're year. We're going to AW.
1: Had- we're paying 12 bucks. We're going to wait and buy tickets at the last hey, minute. The same like last year where I had just money to throw for that. Do U- we still New thought York York UFC Remember when we were talking about it? you realized how much we That was an all-time podcast moment. Mike's like, "How much did we pay for this?" We paid 600 each. What the fuck was we-, what yeah. were we thinking?
0: I mean, I was I was high on bonus money. That that's that has to be the only reason.
1: I'm like, "You know what? This is a good move." Uh, Volk's coach says six to eight weeks to recover from elbow surgery he'll be ready for Abu Dhabi so six to eight weeks he's going to have surgery he's going to be done what at the end of August he'll be okay and then he's going to train uh, this is end of October he's going to go immediately into I don't like this at all okay um, should we make our pick for this garbage card this weekend it'll be question sure UFC is back in their fucking gymnasium for uh Myra Bueno Silva Myra Myra Silva against Holly Home Quite frankly, you should pull Holly Home out of this fight. Now that we need someone to fight for the championship in this weight class at some point. But I guess the winner of this can proceed. Um Holly Home is ranked number I lost it. That was quick. Number 3. They removed, they remove removed women's featherweight from their website entirely. Wow. Holly Holm is ranked number three in this weight class. Uh, Mayra is ranked number ten. Uh, Holly Holm is coming into this fight on a one-fight win streak. She's won three of four. The uh, Wins over Yana Santos, Irene Aldana, and Raquel Pennington. Lost to Ketlin Vieira. This f- These four fights stretch back to the before the pandemic, though. Holly is not fighting a lot these days. Mayra Buena Silva has run off three straight wins since losing to Manon Ferro. Um... Moved up to Bantamweight. Uh, wins over Wu Yan'an, Stephanie Edgar, Lena Landsberg. She got eight finishes in her ten wins. Both of her losses are by decision. Um, Holly Holm hasn't knocked anybody out since Betch Koheya stood in front of her like a fucking statue like six years ago. Um, betting line for this one, Mike, you got it? I don't, but I'm going to assume that Holly right, Holm I is a massive Favorite. Holly Holm is coming into this one as not a massive favorite. She's coming she into this not as a massive minus favorite. 150. Uh to Myra Buenos Silva's plus 20 to 20, Hey man, she's on the wrong side of 40. She's on the wrong side of 40. Um by more than a little bit. 41 now. Um so yeah, does, does anyone know anything? Yeah, on I um li- Myra, yeah, Buena silva? Myra Buena silva a little bit today. She's a finisher. Um a lot of subs. A lot of subs. It feels like... And look, Holly's lost... I've seen Holly get tapped out one time. It was Lef- that one time.
2: That, that's why I was kind of surprised. Holly Holm
1: Nisha. can... Here's like Holly Holm can lose decisions because Holly Holm goes at a very slow, methodical pace. And she's not really going to chase you. Like, I remember her trying to chase down when she was losing to Valentina Shevchenko. Just eating left hooks every time she came in. So, um, I think Mayra's kind of got to have to sell out a little bit here going for subs, the way she fights. I got... Uh, Mike, you make your pick, actually. You're supposed to go first.
0: Uh, Even with Holly being on the other side of 40, and I guess with not much info on Myra Buena Silva, um, I'm still going to ride with with Holly.
1: Yep. Um, By the way, Amanda Nunes said that she challenged the Brazilian fighters that someone else had to win a championship because there was going to be no Brazilian champions after she left. Took about a month. Pantoja took care of yeah, that. Wasn't <laughs> um, I got, I got Holly. Also, I don't think I can speak intelligently enough here um, to say Mayor Mayor Bueno Silva is going to win this. She certainly can. I hope she does. Honestly, not that I have anything against Holly Holm, but I'm not really interested in her fighting in a title in a championship anymore. And uh, this whole weight class is a weight, is a, this whole weight class is going to be real interesting for the next year or so, guys. This is, we're going to have to reset. We're going to have to get some young people in here because just looking at the top of it. We got a bud, we got the graveyard that M- Amanda Nunes left behind and Juliana Peña, Raquel Pennington, Holly Holm, Ketlin Vieira, Rena Aldana, some lady named Penny Kianzad, Yana Santos, Macy Chason. It's real fucking thin. Real thin. So we gotta see if someone's gonna come out of this. Maybe it's Norma Dumont. She's pretty young. But yeah, I got Holly. Mark, what do you got? The only one who picked Pantoja, Worth the, worth mentioning.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, I mean I'm I'm going with Holly as well, I uh, pure ignorance as well, you know, just don't know enough about Silva to really have an educated guess. You know, the subs are interesting. I think it's also interesting. The amount of work Holly's put in and has only been submitted once. I do think her wrestling has been pretty good. And, you know, she, she finds a way to win, you know, maybe not the most, you know, exciting decisions, but you know, she can go five rounds. We've seen that before. Um, this is going to be new waters for Silva. if She gets into those, you know, those later rounds and we'll see how, to, how she has to perform. But I also agree with you, Bob, like, it's about time we've seen a generational shift in this division, and maybe Silva is part of that shift that we'll see. And and this will be some turning of the tide if she's able to get this win. It'd be a big scalp for her. So, we'll
1: see what yeah, happens. It's, uh, we're going to have to see, man. It's, I'm not terribly excited about what I see at the top of this weight class. Uh, beyond the fact that uh, we all know how much we all love Rocky Pennington, and we hope, she, and I hope she wins a championship. But, I don't know. This isn't, uh, it's not great times in this weight class at the moment. So,
0: transitional champion Bobby Rocky gets that one belt right hopefully and hopefully in the year or so you know for that to happen and maybe her to defend it once no we got a we got some nice new blood coming in
1: yeah and you know just hope the best for Miss Pennington as always I think Tisha's pregnant too so get that championship money Uh, pay for a baby right she is pregnant isn't she Yes. Yeah, there we go. Okay. Um, stuff we like. Um, hey, man, the fact that I got this to one hour and six minutes for us to get the stuff we like is an achievement given how long we spent on the other card. It helps that the UFC is following up their previous card with dog shit. Uh just tell you right now, I'll be betting on Jack Della, uh, Della Maddalena knocking out this guy, fighting on no notice. And I'll be parlaying that with Holly Holm by decision, is what I've just. That's a long time to fight and win by decision. Maybe just Earn Holly a Holm. Cool Earn like a cool dollar on your ten bucks. What do you mean, Holly Holm's a minus one fifty? If I pick Holly Holm, I can make a couple bucks on this thing, you know? Yeah. Dude, like the only bet I really hit was Robbie Lawler by knockout, and like everything else, dude. I, I let me tell you guys, I thought I was a fucking genius because I waited till the first round was over after Pantoja was like, won the first round pretty clearly, and then the odds came to basically even money, and then I threw fifty on Moreno. So let me, that that whole second round, I thought I was a genius, guys. I was like, oh my God, this really paid off. Brandon's going to win now. Great. Nope. Um, all right, stuff we like. Um, Nate Diaz um, and uh, Jake Paul were on the Pat McAfee show. And they were supposed to be on at the same time, but then Nate was late Late as Nate was. Jake was on a treadmill for some reason. Did anybody else watch this besides me?
0: I didn't see it. The Nate Diaz uh, on Pat McAfee yeah. or
1: the press conference? The Nate Diaz on Pat McAfee. Yeah, I watched it. Okay, did you watch the part with Jake also or just the part with just Nate? Uh, the part with Nate as well. Um, Jake uh, didn't know how to put on a shirt and was on the treadmill the whole yeah, time. Yeah, I like that anything Nate, Jake says, Nate just doesn't care. Nate is not amused by any of this kid's bull. She's like, yeah, okay, he's a tough fighter. He beat some good guys. Yeah. And then like when, the part that was just Nate Diaz talking to Pat McAfee, it got better and better as Nate got more comfortable and understood the type of show he was on. And then like Nate's like saying like, people saying I got CTE and shit. I've been talking this way the whole fucking time. That was good. Um, him talking about how much he hates doing these fucking half triathlon things and that Nick makes him do them. He's like, we're going over there. There's fucking sharks, you know? <laughs> it's just <laughs> the whole conversation about Nate and sharks. And I'm like, you could tell Pat was so happy. Pat was just like, "We could, can we smoke weed? And uh, together, and Nate's like, yeah, man, you're a robot. You know, Nate and Pat was thrilled about that to begin with. Um, <laughs> Nate is so man. Nate is good. Nate is, you know, we're gonna miss him, man. I don't know how many more he's got, but we're gonna miss him. Um, and I uh, hope he wins this fight. I don't think he will necessarily. Did we establish when this is happening? It's next
2: month, less than a month. I think it's the fifth. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, that was it. I I really enjoyed that, and uh, I also enjoy if you're gonna make a cheese board, you go to Costco and get that Manchego. It is worth the price. It's delicious. So what? Manchego. I think it's a Spanish cheese. It's real good. Just saying. It's a very tasty cheese. Sheep's milk cheese. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's all I got. And we, I know we didn't talk about it. We'll talk next week about Jones and Stipe getting announced for Madison Square Garden more more in detail. Then. But
0: Mike, what do you got this week? Oh, uh, Yeah, I'll go next. A uh, quick one for me. Um, it's a movie that came out a few months ago. Uh tom hanks stars in it a man called otto uh
1: made me cry good movie Hey, i saw the instagram i saw it on instagram sometimes the reels thing yeah i watched top gun too the movie ruled it's, that made me cry as well that movie ruled that movie was so yeah. good that movie was fucking good bro seriously that um, first song comes on at the beginning oh man i squared a tear for that one but that was tears of joy bro i'm not even like i think we're all i think we're a little bit too young for like being like peak top gun fans or anything i think it came out in what 86 maybe uh yeah yeah so like i was you were one i was zero so like i think people maybe a little bit older than us but more but that movie was so much fun i had such a good time and i'm not the biggest miles teller fan in the world but i don't know how they made this guy look exactly like goose like I believe that he was the child of fucking Anthony Edwards. It was well done. Um a yeah, yeah, white I'm sorry.
0: dude, hair, mustache, boom, you're goose.
1: Yeah, good job.
0: He's rooster. Yeah, we die. Yo, we cut Mark's hair. We shave off that beard, right? Yeah, we boy. blonde them up, right? Put put like I'm assuming Goose is like six five or some shit. I don't know why I think he's that tall but we give marks a little lift you know a little lifties you know two three inches boom we got goose
1: you gotta get specific when you look up anthony edwards now man not that there's a uh a homophobic basketball player you know that's Wait, what who's anthony edwards plays for the timberwolves but he's also no, no, goose no, yeah, is there an
0: oh that's okay, goose. There we go, that's yeah funny.
1: he's 6'2 by the way just saying he's actor 6'2 though you know like how tom cruise is like 5'10 so oh that's
0: disappointing man yo age sucks because I typed in Anthony Edwards Goose, and what came up first was like I guess a more recent image, and it's him with his. Do you not uh, know who he is? Shoot, uh, he's Goose. No,
1: he's like he was like on ER for the whole time. He's like just a real actor. <laughs> like he- I have
0: not watched not one episode, not one minute, not one second of ER.
1: That's unfortunate
0: Ever. for the people who made ER. But anyway, this dude's bald as hell.
1: That is not the goose I want to remember. I mean, Val Kilmer in the flick, that got to me. That got to me a little bit. You know, I knew Val wasn't doing good. but Sorry, Mark, what do you got this week?
2: Yeah, honestly, not much of anything. Um, still getting through Final Fantasy sixteen and really enjoying it, but other than that, it's been... <laughs> I haven't really consumed any new media, so, yeah, all's good that un- ends well, I suppose.
1: All right. Um, well, we will be back next week where we're going to preview... I think this they're going back to England, and apparently they can't sell any tickets because they made no effort this time. Is the rumor, and the tickets are crazy expensive. So wait, they haven't sold any tickets, but they're still expensive. I think their face value is very expensive for the tickets. Mm. Um, it's yeah, that's uh, but it's the return of uh, Tommy Aspinall, Aspinall and Tibora. It's a good fight. Molly McCann's on there. Nathaniel Wood, Andre Feely, Paul Craig, Andre Muniz. It's actually a pretty decent card. Um, it's interesting. You put you put the card in front of people. It doesn't suck. We'll talk about that next week. We'll see, I guess, if one of the two women who wins on Saturday, you know, they do anything to deserve a title shot or what. Did they even say what they're doing? Are there going to be a tournament? What are we doing? We're just going to we're gonna wait until there's a pay-per-view. They can't get a champion to f- agree to fight on. And then they're going to arbitrarily pick two women and say it's for the Bantamweight title
2: you guys know that's yeah, exactly how it's going to ladder, yeah.
1: That that's definitely hard. what's going to happen anyway, we'll talk about that all next week we'll see how much more uncomfortable we can all be with this Rickus and Izzy thing in the next week and uh, yeah, until then I was Dr. Law, that was DJ Mark and that was Lavender Gooms see y'all next week peace out so apparently
0: Goose has won a Golden Globe and has six saggles yeah I guess he's pretty good. Yeah,
1: he's a real actor, Mike.
0: Real ass actor. <laughs> also, he is 60. Tom Cruise is probably like 59. Goose looks 60 years old. Tom Cruise
1: does not. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Xenu is giving it powers. It. That's right. Yeah. All right, guys. Peace out.
0: David's.